Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drexel Basketball Podcast. I'm Nate. We got Dan. We got Eric with us again, and um, thankfully, we have some good news to report. Uh, after I guess it was probably ten minutes left to go in the game yesterday, I was prepared to come on here and and uh, be kind of doom and gloom, and and then things kind of changed. So at least we have some good news to report uh, from yesterday, anyway. So um, so we'll walk through. We're gonna start out with talk about the two games that. We had this week Thursday night uh, lost to William and Mary. We'll start with that, and then we'll go through the uh, the game yesterday afternoon. A little bit early this week, um, a lot going on between kids, and um, we're kind of at the Kingsburg is a place to be today. You got uh, the Messiah women playing for their conference championship, and then the first sprint car race of the year. So there's a lot going on today. So we're gonna get our podcast out of the way and then go from there. So so we'll start out. Uh, this was. On Thursday night, uh, Drexel hosted UNC Wilmington, who's right now tied, correct me if I'm wrong, for first place in the CAA uh, with Towson. So uh, one of those games you circled that you thought maybe you know another potential statement went for Drexel, and then uh, maybe starting to put together a win streak. But um, Wilmington came out, and really it was a pretty even game, kind of a sloppy game. Neither team is probably really that proud of how they played, um, but – uh, two runs in the game. I thought both belonged to UNC Wilmington. The first one was right out of the shoot. They went up eight uh, nothing, and then we quickly pretty much tied it. Uh, they had a little run in the second half too, but we were able to narrow it back down. Um, but uh, both the, and, and you look at the stat sheet, it was kind of hard to find you know things that were that separated the two teams. And again, they're both kind of ugly. Ugly. Uh, Wilmington shot forty percent. We shot thirty nine percent. Both teams were seven of seventeen from three point, and then. Uh, Wilmington was 63% for the line and we were 62% for the line. Uh, I guess one area that, that we, um, you know, kind of separation, we had two, 12 turnovers, they had five, and then they had 17, uh, points off turnovers. We only had five. So it was a little bit of a difference in the game. Uh, and they also, uh, out rebounded us quite a bit. Um, didn't have too much of an advantage second chance points, but definitely, um, they you know, did a little bit of a better job on the glass. Uh, although Amari Williams had a monster game, 20 points, 19 rebounds, and um, 7-11 shooting, uh, we'll talk, though. I felt like he could have had 40 points and 40 rebounds, honestly, in this game. Um, Butler also did a pretty nice job on, on the boards. Uh, he had nine rebounds in 14 minutes, and uh, that carried over in the, in the yesterday a little bit, too. But um, we were balanced. You know, Cam had 14, Bell had 12, and Martin had 11. But just felt like, it, again, it, it came down to the end of the game, and Wilmington just got a couple of really good looks from three. It's I think of them as a perimeter team. They got the open shots that they needed. They buried both of them, and uh, they just got the shots at the end that, that gave them the separation to win the game. So um, so what do you guys think about Thursday night? Any thoughts you had of, of how that turned out? A lot of it was just uh, second-chance points. Even though Drexel got out-rebounded by 14, it seemed like when uh, – Wilmington got a rebound. It mattered more. So, they, you know, they beat us to the glass. You know, there was a lot of lead changes throughout this game. Uh, also, the the, the, the miss the one-on-ones, when you miss a – we missed three of them. When you miss a one-on-one, it's more or less a turnover. So that's the kind of thing that doesn't really show up in the, uh, in the stats. You know, 12 to 5 on turnovers, you could really say it was 15 to 5. So that really made the difference in the game. Um, yeah, like you said, Amari was impressive. We'll talk more about him in the Charleston game, but he was just—he's uh, the player that this, this team's miss, miss, been missing for the last several years. Also, a big shout out to to but, James Butler grabbing his seventh rebound that game, only the fourth player in Drexel history to do so, and the twenty-third, I believe, in Philadelphia history to go one thousand points, to one thousand rebounds. So he's up there with some pretty elite names, you know, you know, Lionel Simmons. <laughs> to be one of them, Malik Rose. So it was pretty pretty impressive. Out of the gate, I thought it was very interesting. I, I, seeing Amari Williams play up at the top, it's not where he ended up, but he was playing a lot of round, around at the top, and I thought we were very ineffective. That's why we went down early early on. I mean, yeah, he hit that three-pointer out of desperation uh, with the clock winding down, which was kind of interesting. But you know, I, I don't want to see Drexel centers, you know, particularly Butler, playing up top. I want to see these guys underneath banging. And we saw more of that in the Charleston game. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to see that 
Uh, obviously, with Amari being the defensive presence he is, they're going to see teams try to pull him out. You know, anybody who's got a big who can shoot a three is going to, you know, station them at the three point line to get Amari as far out from the basket as they can defensively. Um, offensively, I think what you saw with the final play of the Charleston game, you know, is kind of uh, what we haven't seen from Amari yet, which is this was really a big pick and roll offense with with Cam and JB for the last three years. And and we're not doing it, you know. Amari's not really doing a ton of that. He he, he sent picks, but we're not, you know, you're not seeing the role in the pass and the whole, you know, um, you know, it's, it's basically just been Cam finishing, the, either, either driving the ball or resetting and, and and you know moving the ball around the perimeter again. So um, I think they want to do that. Um, like I said, I mean, they had one one play to call end of the game with Charleston. They did it. So uh, I, I think that's why you're seeing maybe him more out on the top on offense is to try to try to get that going a little bit. Maybe um, I think. Um, I don't want to say I, I kind of let it slide on the, the the Dragons Cast Slack channel, but I, I don't want to say that Spiker wanted the six seed coming out of this weekend. Is that, I don't know that he did, but do I felt I, I just felt like these two games, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but these two games felt more like tune-up games, right? Like like they were trying to figure things out a little bit. We saw some Luke House on on, on Saturday. We we saw you know some some different stuff. It felt like he was prepping. He knows he's pretty well locked into the four-five game. Doesn't really mind if he drops the six. Let's let's tinker a little bit. Let's figure things out. You know, I want to say that on the one hand. On the other hand, we've been saying there hasn't been a sense of urgency all year. So maybe, maybe you know, maybe my eyes are telling me what I want to see. And, and we're really this has been it's just a lack of urgency all year. I think the story of the USEW game. I, I wrote after the game that I thought the guards let down Amari Williams. And, and I, uh, Nate, I know you're going to touch on that. Amari could have probably even done more than he did, but. Uh, I think the guards continue really to get beat when we face high motor teams, right? UNCW, when I think of UNCW right now, I think of a high motor team. They are getting loose balls. You know, they are pressing, they are high energy. Um, They attack, they attack, they attack. Um, And, and that's just, it's not, we want to be patient. We want to slow it down. I mean, um, the two teams, you know, with them and Charleston, Charleston's the number one pace team in the country. So you definitely came into this weekend thinking, let's slow these games down. Um, so some of that is strategic. But uh, I, I just, you know, it, it's it's tough to tough to kind of see getting out energy on a regular basis. And I think we've been talking, telling that story all year long. So that, to me, was the story of this game. I, I That, you know, Cam on the weekend, really fairly disappointing. Um you know, he had 18 and 14 in the two games. Uh, he actually had a double-double yesterday. Tough to call that a disappointing effort. But, um, it, you know, it's – there's there's more, right? This is not the cam that we – I don't know. Maybe he's knocked. Maybe it was the injury from last week. Maybe he's been knocked all season. We, You know, that maybe that's the story that we've been missing. But something hasn't been right for a long time now. And and I continue to think it. And I think it's more than teams just shifting coverage to him. I just think something's been off this year with cam. Yeah, I, I guess and you said as far as tinkering, I was I was surprised, you know, like, you know, Brown, not that I expect him to play, you know, 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes, but he only played three minutes in that game. And like you said, I, I, it's not like Cam is kind of lighting the world on fire. And I, I like the way that, you know, we played with Brown in a game. So, yeah, I was just a little surprised he only played three minutes. And then, um, you know, and then as far as Amari went, yeah, it was – Again, I, I I think the end of the game again came down to you know are you getting the ball to to the right places and to the right people in the right positions and I thought Wilmington did a great job of doing that they got three wide open threes <clears throat> and I want to say one of them I wasn't thrilled with the way Cam closed out on the shooter but either way he got kind of put in a bad spot um, but you know again I just I felt like we didn't do enough to get it to Amari and really kind of recognizing the matchups we had and then you know they were backing Sims down. You know, and I, that to me was a good matchup because he had a little bit of size. I can't remember who was trying to, I think Cam, and I'm trying to remember who was defending, maybe Bell. Um, but it was a good matchup for them. And then, you know, and then they kept running Bell down the middle. And I, I don't know, we, we sometimes get in that trap. We just kind of keep, you know, it's almost like a running back running right down the middle over and over again. And it doesn't work. We keep doing it. So that was part of my problem Thursday, just trying to do this. I, I thought we tried to attack the wrong way. So, um, but. Now, give them credit too. I, I guess it's becoming one of these. Uh, there's always these like popular things that people latch onto, and then it just kind of. One of them is Cam being, you know, again this I, I, good player, great player, um, but 
you know, again, was he first team all league? I mean, now in hindsight, you can question that, but, um, but people don't want to buy into UNC Wilmington. People kind of say, oh, they just keep winning close, but keep winning. So, I mean, at some point you got to give them some credit and, I thought they, you know, again, they made the plays at the end, and, and I'll take a team like that any day, honestly. So, yeah, I'd be afraid to play them in the tournament. They're not a one sided, they're not a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. They can beat you in any, any aspect of the game. So, uh, yeah, like we've been saying all along, you are what your record is by this point. You're 28 games in, they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they entered the season, I think, ranked 293rd in the Ken Palm. I mean, they were really considered to be. One of the worst in the country, based on the out of conference play, based based off play this season, that wasn't backward looking projections at that point. That was, you know, they've got some terrible losses. Southern Miss, they lost by fourteen. Southern Miss is three forty three in the country. Uh, I mean, uh, just uh, Norfolk State's not as bad as you think, but you lose them at home. Uh, they got the same loss to Jacksonville that we do, but you know, it's it's um, really hard to you, know, you scratch your head into how they flipped the switch. It's just tremendously impressive and good for them. Um, but yeah, wrong end of it here. I was I, I I'm careful now of, again saying oh, how how good the coaching is because this was last year I think I was watching the Sixers against Atlanta and it was like game one or game two and I really thought I was like wow they're doing a nice job you know moving the ball getting guys in the right spots I was like man Doc Rivers is doing a great job coaching and then sure enough you know even that game I think they lost and then of course they lost that series to the Hawks and so I'm really careful about saying that but that was my impression again and especially at the end they got the shots they needed and they knocked them down to me that's good coaching getting the getting the right matchups and everything so um, but give them credit they they keep uh you know they're uh they they won down at delaware too so it's not like it's a fluke anymore so um but yeah right i mean i think this this drexel delaware road trip i mean besides the easy ease of the travel it's one of the hardest in the conference right now for, for a weekend series and not a lot of teams sweep that and it was uh, listen. They've earned it. They've earned it. They're as they are as good as we think they are. Uh, I think it's now a clear one, two, three with them. Towson and Hofstra. I, I do. I put them on. I, I had Towson and Hofstra elevated. Um, I think they're at that level now. I think they scare me just as much. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But um, but anything else about that game Thursday? Get past. Get past. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So yesterday. So uh, got a visit from Charleston. And, and again, kind of like I was saying, but really the, the stat of the game, and I have this written down. So uh, all year it's been, you know, you look at the, the time in the lead and it's like, it, I feel like it's, we dominate that category and then we end up losing. But on lead time, College of Charleston, 39 minutes and 41 seconds and Drexel was three seconds. So we hit eight of our last 10 shots. And I'm sure, you know, Dan, we'll talk more about this. You, you mentioned it with Cam and the pick and roll. Um, you know, it, it was it was about as well as we've executed. It, it was one of the worst situations all year where we had a matchup that we executed well and took advantage of. And I, I don't know. And that's, you know, those are the kind of plays that I want to see Cam make. I mean, yeah, scoring, you know, 20 points or whatever is great. But uh, but a point guard recognizes a matchup and executes it. And that's exactly what we did. So uh, really nice to see that on the dunk for Amari. Um, and then, uh, and then yeah, I, I said the... I always say this, I'd bring up my wife because she, and it's really neat. She's, yeah, she used to not really like basketball. Now she's, she made a comment yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I really like watching these games. The women's team has really gotten her into it. But, um, but we were watching the, watched the men's game yesterday. And like, how do we do that? And it was, it was really, you, you think of a comeback, you know, you think of maybe one guy really putting the team on his shoulders. But again, it was by committee. Uh, as I went through, it was like Butler, Washington, Bell, Martin, and Williams all had baskets in like the eight and a half in the last eight and a half minutes to bring us back. So, um, and then, um, you know, again, I liked how Butler played in the second half. I thought he finally had some quality minutes. Uh, he had 11, 11 points and with, you know, eight in the second half, eight points in the second half, uh, Eric, you touched on it. It drives me nuts when he's outside of the, uh, you know, playing in the perimeter. And, um, and again, I, well, we could talk about that maybe if we talk to the seniors. I don't know whether that's his idea or just, you know, again, injury. Who knows what's going on? But it was nice to see him under the basket. There were some rebounds I thought he could have got that he didn't. But overall, it was nice to see him doing what he does best around the basket. Um, but then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, just um, worked our way back into it, made the big shot we needed. Still struggled from the line. You know, Eric said you missed a one-and-one. We were 8 of 15 again from the line, which is causing us problems. But, um, 
Dan, you touched on Luke House. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, one hand, you know, are we tinkering? The other hand is like, I, I didn't know if that was like a desperation move by Coach Spiker. He just didn't know what else to do. He was trying to get someone in the game to give a spark. And actually both times I felt like when House came in, for one reason or another, we played better. Um, so I don't know if that was kind of guys realizing, oh, crap, you know, if I don't get my act together, I'm going to sit on the bench or what the thought process was. But either way, um, I think it sparked us both times. And um, so, I, you know, again, it was like I said, you're sitting there. And the way I described on the message board, I went from being like, hell no, I'm not going down to D.C. next week. And, hey, that saves me probably a couple hundred bucks. So that works out to like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm in. So we'll, we'll probably make the trip down next Sunday. So, um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Exciting game. Um, what do you think about yesterday? Well, I'll see you down there, Nate. I'll be down there for uh, the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was something else. You know, you're down by 11 at halftime. You don't have the lead for nearly 40 minutes. It's, it's one of those things you usually see Drexel on the wrong side of that. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see Drexel come out on top. Uh, the Amazing production out of the, out of this, the two well, well, centers, not centers, but I'll call them centers, mm-hmm. between Butler and Williams uh, combined for 10 for 18 from the field, 24 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, fantastic. You know, I still see JB shooting some couple of threes and it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you're not, you have all these guys who can shoot threes. You don't need to do that. Yeah. You know, who's going to get the rebound. If you're doing that, get under the net. He had a great comeback game. I would really love to see uh, Butler coming back a little bit of confidence. He got 18 minutes in. So that's uh, you look great. Um, neither team could hit threes to save their lives. Uh, and it's nice to see Drexel win game. We've seen starting to see that lately. They're winning, <clears throat> winning despite the three. So if they start hitting three pointers, who knows? It, it's hard to do it three games in a row. They did it last year. I think last year was an anomaly in, in all measures. Um, but you know, one game maybe you're hitting the threes. The next game you're 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 winning battle of the boards and you're getting second chance points. Thing that still kills me, and this has killed me since God the last twenty years. Our offensive transition game this isn't there. Every time I see a fast break, I think any other half and half chance, this is not going to end end successfully. Mm. You know, somebody will get blocked on the other end, somebody will turn it over. Uh, you know, I, I can't knock it so much in this game, but overall, offensive end, defensively, transition games killed those teams since I can remember. Yeah, I'm seeing videos. As much as I say Trey, Trey Brown's praises, there was one play. I think Cam made a pass to him, and he, like, booted it into the, into the stands. And, so, yeah, I, I think of that play. Unforced. It, and it, this stuff happens way too often. Um, I just don't think we're a very showy team. You know, we're not a five slam a jamma by any any chance. And I don't know if these guys just have something in the back of their minds that, you know, if they miss, the coach is going to get on me. I don't know what it is. Um, I guess the only – a couple of disappointing things. I hate to be a downer but the way that game ended. Uh, Odin he only played 10 minutes. Didn't really contribute much at all. He was really he was fantastic and out of conference play, and his his play has tailed off. I don't know what's behind that. He'll he'll be a starter next year. You know, hopefully, he'll pick his game up. And senior day, you had a let, around eleven hundred eleven hundred fifty fans in the stands, and and that that's that's pretty sad. That's way down. That's you know it's half of where we should be. Um, the players play off of it. You know you could see the difference. You had eleven hundred people in the stands for this game, and only six hundred for the NCW game. And look at the outcome difference. Mm-hmm. So um, fans do get behind you. They do build off of that. And that's what Home Advantage is all about. You know, we've got Towson calling us to ask how our experience was. You know, you got Towson offering $5 tickets for their final game. I think Delaware was giving away $22 pairs of tickets with a T-shirt, a uh, whatever the tumbler, whatever the hell that is, some kind of coffee mug and something else. And Drexel gives out 250 vouchers for free soft pretzels. So that's the deal. But and, and I haven't got the students at it all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to eat those pretzels if they were free. And I certainly want to eat the hot dog. <laughs> they're, they're pretty nasty. Yeah. The, the, that concessions have not necessarily gotten better over the years. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, again, uh, that's a soft spot for me. And I know actually there's been some discussion on the Dragons cast slack about that. Rob Falcone brings through good numbers. Uh, you know, attendance basically is unchanged over the last five years. It's quite a, a solid upward trajectory of winning. So, you know, the team's gotten better. Attendance hasn't changed. We can, we can blame the pandemic all we want. I'm sure those folks, they always find some, somewhere to point the finger at the deck, right? Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I go back to if you can't get students there, and I've been saying this to people who matter now for a few years, but if you can't get the students there, those people are on campus. 
They are past the pandemic. They are not at risk for the pandemic. They are in your backyard. By the way, they've got nothing else to do. It's a pan like 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 there's there's just where the pandemic has shut down so much and Drexel basketball is there, it's available, it's outside their front door, and you can't get them to the building. So you know what? I, I and you know what? One the one time they did this year was homecoming. They had a decent turnout. And that was when the marketing was led by the university and not the athletics department. And you saw stuff on the side of academic buildings and you saw the campus really get behind it. That that one when the university took care of the marketing, you got kids in the building. When the athletics have done it, same crew, same disappointment year in, year out. Um, and we talk, uh, you know what, Nick Gannon, um, uh, who's, who's, who's the sponsor for men's and women's basketball, he, he was Eric Zilmer's kind of right-hand man for those two sports, right? Um, uh, and, and he's still in that role. Uh, you know, he, he told me a while ago, you know, it's, it's winning. When we win, don't worry about it. It'll take care of itself. And, um, well, I, I admire, the, you know, and, and, and it's not like he said that they weren't doing anything. He said that they were working very hard, which is bullshit, but they were working very hard on the problem. And and um, and this is the other thing. But ultimately, nothing's going to affect it like winning. And that, there's truth to that winning will bring people. But the, A, the floor shouldn't be as low as it was, especially for students especially for students and B, you know, you see now winnings happened and, and we're, we're, you know, it's just, it was so bad. The, the, the atmosphere is so bad. People just don't want to come back. Um, we know we've been there when it's good and we know what it's like, but you know, I feel for the current students and I, you know, if I went to a mausoleum of a basketball game, I probably wouldn't come back either. So, um, you know, it's definitely on them. It's a, it's definitely on them. I'm pissed. I think if you want to say winning brings people in, look at the women's program. I, I was waiting until we talk about them to do about this, but, you know, what I tweeted out this morning, which I think is the best statistic you're ever going to hear for any Drexel basketball team ever, the seniors who are being honored today, who have been here for their whole careers, have played in a CAA championship game every single year of their college career. That's a staggering stat. Try to find the last class to do that. I don't know if, I don't know that we've ever had one at Drexel. They've been in, the, with, the, with the exception of the COVID cancellation, when they were the one seed, they played in the championship game every single year. They are, they are a dynasty, you know, in this day and age. That's, that's, it's, they, they've won. They've done everything you could, you could possibly ask of them on the floor. And if we're this great gender equity university where, where, you know, where we value them just as much as we value the men, we should be marketing the crap out of them. And, and Eric, you shouldn't be going to a game a week ago, one of your first women's games, you know, and getting excited about the product because it's great. Be, but you didn't know it because nobody's fucking told you. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's, yeah, I, I, I do get fired up here, but they've done, it's miserable. It's miserable. I've been saying it forever. It's miserable. There's people there who just take for granted so damn much. And it's, um, it, it, it fires me up. It gets me pissed off. And yeah, for senior night, you should have more than 1,100 people. But I'll tell you this, and, and, and 1,100 didn't translate through TV either, to be honest with you. It didn't, didn't look great on TV. It didn't sound great on TV. I don't know what the atmosphere was like. But you have a one-point game. You better, you know, study after study will tell you, will show you. And I've listed them previously, but, you know, Home crowd, the percentage of your building that's full, that's worth a point, two, three, four, up to five. When you have one or two point games, look at the number of times you've gone to overtime this year. Anything else like that's those are the games that can really drastically justify your, you know, change your record. And and like Skip said it on the Dragons Cast channel yesterday. But if this team loses that game, they're five hundred this year, and coming off of a defending championship, returning most of their team, they're five hundred, and you're really, really disappointed. You know, you could at least say a ten and eight that they've done some things right and, you know, missed some close calls, whatever else. But they lose that game yesterday. You know, some of these nail biters, um, you know, they, you, you really have a different take on the season. Um, the, the, the importance of getting the – the importance of the atmosphere cannot be understated. There's too many close games, and, and it can make a real difference on the floor. So we can't, we got to stop acting like this is just about atmosphere. This is about competitive. This is about having the best team. And you look at a team that went 5-4 and four on the road this year, right? So, you know, they almost put four and five at home. It's, 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 um, you, you gotta, you gotta have some kind of home court advantage. We don't have one right now. It hurts the competitiveness of the team. I heard Zach Spiker talking about it a couple weeks ago. Um, some, some folks who are in no position to do something about it. I would say, Zach, you're in a position to do something about it. You know, if you're, if you're running the most, you know, the, the biggest money program in the building, you have some latitude. And I know people won't like it if you get involved, but at some point, you've got to say this is unacceptable. And he's yet to say that to people who matter, uh, in my opinion. Maybe maybe he has behind the scenes, but you know it hasn't moved any needles. So yeah, again, an issue that I'm passionate about um, because we talked about what we talked about last week about community and the importance to us. 
and, and about what that building can be when it's and it's special. Um, you know, uh, the reason why uh, just taking taking you behind the curtain for a minute, the reason why Drexel basketball is so important to me, besides the friends I've made from it. You know, uh, when I was at Drexel, I wasn't going through the best time in my life, is what I would tell you. And and this is the this is the environment. This was the crew that was there that, that was there for me that I needed. This was the community that I fell into and needed at the time. So, um, you know, I think it it really um, did help my life significantly. Help me be where I am significantly. And I want that opportunity to be available for other kids. There are going to be kids like me who go through who, who go through college and have a tough time. And and whether it is outside of university, whether it's family, whether it's anything else, uh, it's great to have a community that's open and available to them. That's what Drexel basketball can be, um, and 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 I'm I'm. This is why attendance is the thing I'm more passionate about than anything else. Um, this this is this is this community is important, and um, brings great opportunities with it. And it is anybody who says, "Well, don't worry about it. When we win, they'll come back." It's just so full of shit. I, I just don't want to talk to them. I, I just I just can't stand it. So and it's it's everybody in that goddamn building. So that's where I'm at, and I will uh, I will I will shut myself off there. I bring up my wife again. She was talking about cursing and podcasts, and uh, but I like it. I think it's if it, if it needs it, it, it gets it. So I, I was one of my colleagues at work felt bad because she got upset about something. Um, it happened to be sending up sending somebody to work with COVID symptoms, which is a disgrace. And I told her, I'm like, some things need to be put certain ways, and uh, don't worry about how it comes off. So I think that qualifies. Because I was just gonna say the other. Actually, the soft pretzels was a better of the two promotions because the other one was a free backpack shirt, which uh, it's not a promotion. You can, you know, you go to the game, they probably have had them all year. So it's really a sorry excuse for a promotion. And then um, I was going to say, too, you know, and, and I, I mean, I feel like I've been and we as my family have been loyal women's basketball followers um, to the point of, yeah, again, you know, taking advantage of the promotions. I donated some money this year. So it's like it, we don't what we can, but. Came down today, it's like, okay, we could either drive into Philly, and I was waiting to see what, you know, ticket deal they may come up, or, you know, again, five minutes away today, you know, the MAC Commonwealth Championship game, Messiah Falcons, Widener, whatever they are, uh, you know, and we're going to the Widener game. Uh, I feel bad at senior day, you know, Hannah and that whole group deserves the support, but, um, you know, again, with, with gas prices being what they are, it's, it's you know, um, Again, it, you know, act like you want me to be there at least a little bit because we do put a fair amount of effort to to be there. Uh, and we'll be you know, planning to go to the tournament and whatnot. But yeah, the fact that they didn't really go out of their way to to get more people in there again, it was like, okay, we're just going to stay put here and just go down the street to Messiah. So, um, but anyway, um, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, as far as the game went, and, and Dan, I think you said it too, man. It, it's amazing. You know, well, that's, that's I, and, I, and again, I'm not like I used to be. I wasn't all like, you know, pissed off and mad or whatever. But yeah, you went from like, my God, what a disaster this is. Another home loss, you know, and, and you know, what it, really what a disappointing this season has been too. Now you have a little bit of optimism. So, I mean, how do you guys feel coming out of that game? Do you, do you feel better about where this team is or you, did it really not change much? The fact, I mean, to me, it was like the fact that we won. I was like, whoa. Um, did it change anything for you guys, or you, you you kind of still feel the same way you did with like ten minutes left to go in the game? Yeah, I think it's it's everything you said there. Uh, you know, you, all of a sudden now you're guaranteed not a, to have an under five hundred season. Uh, you show you can win win the close ones. You got some energy. You got some comeback, and you, know, you take the momentum going uh, up against Delaware, who you split this season. You, you played a, a Delaware team that was shorthanded without Painter in, in the lineup. Uh, but here's your biggest rival. I, I honestly don't know what the outcome is going to be. I've got no predictions on next Sunday. I think I think Delaware's going to be favored. But I do. Yes, it's amazing how one game makes you feel that much better. I agree. I, I um, I'm not there. <laughs> I don't want to be the downer on this podcast here, but I think I'll, I'll take that role today. And 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 Ken Palm, by the way, 147 trucks and 155 Delaware right now. Delaware's going to finish that thousand game. Um, They'll do that tomorrow. So I, I um, and that's something worth talking about. But I, yeah, it'll be about a pick'em, I think, which is which is really fun. I mean, Drexel Delaware is about a pick'em in a four-five game. That's great. Um, it, it, it's two thirty on Sunday on Flow Sports for those of you who are looking to watch. It, it, you'd really hope with it being Drexel Delaware, NBC Sports Philly would pick it up. I don't know if there's facilities or anything in line to do that, but um, you know, I'm hoping somebody there's at least working on it. 
I'm sure it's been looked into um, by both schools, hopefully. Um, but yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. I don't have to be the fact that it's a tournament game impacts that, but yeah, absolutely. Try to get that on TV. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. I don't. I don't know what's available with the TV with the, with the Flow Sports deal if they have exclusivity or anything else to this round. But um, you know, everything goes down to money. If <laughs> pay enough, you get it on. So, um, so yeah, uh, I think that's that's a, a matchup to look forward to. Though it should be a classic. I, I think that classic is the, is the word I was looking for though, because Charleston. Every game we play with them, it feels like right. We've had you had the Troy Harper three free throws at the end of the game a few years ago. Last year, you had the game in Charleston that we should have won, gave away, lost by one. Uh, they, they came up to our house and beat them in a one-possession game. Actually, I think we played both games down there last year. Now think about it. Um, and then uh, this year, you had what was a, a pretty intense game down at Charleston, really really, really tight, close game at Charleston. And then this this, this outcome here, which is uh, a thrilling, thrilling victory and an amazing final play. Uh, I do want to give a shout to Zach Spiker here because I think a lot of times, you know, he's never won, <clears throat> been one to call that timeout. With uh, 15 seconds left on the clock, possession of the ball down one, call the timeout, draw play. He tends to think you have a better advantage just running your play and trusting your guys that are out there. And he's got a floor general can't winner that he can really trust. And sometimes that doesn't work. And, you know, people are quick to call out. He should have called the timeout here. I can't believe he didn't call the timeout. You know, this time he let it fly. And I don't know about you guys. I was getting very nervous as Cam was just watching the seconds tick down. And we were very slowly getting – I was like, you know, because you miss, you foul, you get another shot at it. You know, a one-point game, they can't go up by more than three. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a proponent of using the clock there. I actually thought they really mismanaged the clock. The prior possession, they got the ball 53 seconds left, and they, they held the shot clock was off, which meant that, you know, even if they'd made the bucket, you know, Charleston would, or Charleston would have had the ball in a, in a shot clock off situation, you would have had to foul, versus if you get the shot off with 40 seconds left, you can let it play out and still have a one-possession game. Um, so, so I didn't really love the end of game management in that regard, but, uh, and the way the players executed it and, and, and blood time, but that one final play, man, sometimes you come out looking good. Sometimes you come out looking good. Everybody pulled the right knob there and, and, um, somebody made a very, very bad, you know, they went for it all or nothing, all or nothing play go for the steal and Charleston. Right. And, uh, they, they, they do or die and they died. That's what we would say in baseball, right. It was, it was a, it was a bang, bang play. And, and, uh, if they, if they didn't get that ball from Amari, <clears throat> there's going to be nobody between Amari and the hoop. And there was nobody between Amari and the hoop. Yeah. I, I, I look at back, Underwood should have fouled him, especially as much as he struggled from the line. He probably should have <clears throat> just grabbed him because he was he was screwed in that situation. But I was, you know, and as a side, you know, and, and you talked about Cam and, you know, something hasn't been right, you know. Um, you know, I caught Eric. You you put a I don't forget what you were talking about on Twitter. Every time you make a post, well, both of you guys, but you two, when you comment on something, it pops up in my Twitter feed. And I forget what you were talking about. You, but you call it a Penn State Colt. I don't forget who you were talking about. And and I but you know living I, I work for Penn State. I live in Penn State country here, and it's like you know there's certain guys like I, I uh, what's what what the hell is his name the the quarterback who graduated a couple years ago. Um, I, I will think of his name eventually, but man, you could not say anything bad about him. Everybody thought he was like McSorley, Trace McSorley. He played for Baltimore. You know, like this guy is like the greatest thing in the world, greatest quarterback. I, I thought he had that great year when he could just throw the ball up to Chris Godwin and let him up and catch it and run for a touchdown. He could hand off to Saquon Barkley. But, you know, the, the couple years after that, I didn't think he was very good. Uh, but man, you could not say anything bad about, uh, and Barkley has that reputation too. It's like, you know, and, and really people are finally starting to use bust in the same sentence as Saquon Barkley. But, you know, it's kind of the same impression with Cam and then JB. It's like you can't say anything bad about him because everybody thinks that they're perfect. Um, but what I loved about that last play, almost more, and I was saying to Melissa the whole, uh, at the end there, I'm like, man, this is Cam's time. Like, where, where's that signature game from Cam? And I still don't know that that, that qualifies yesterday. But I was almost as happy that he recognized the matchup, made a great pass. I, I don't know if he called that that pick and roll or who called it, but either way, like that's the kind of play, again, it, even almost better than him making this shot. You know, making the play is that what you think of as a point guard. Um, it's a great play. So, um, yeah, I don't know how you guys thought about that, but it was just nice to see him make, execute something at the end of the game and in some ways give us some semblance of hope for next weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. You're, I'm sorry, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, I just say, I mean, he's, he's, his best skill is, is and has always been his vision and his passing. 
this one I think was was easily set up. They knew what they were going to run from the from the from the get go. But um, you know it, that's for everything. Uh, I'll, I'll smoke him on on. I thought he was a defensive liability. Uh, he gave up. I want to say at least three, if not four, of the threes against of the seven threes that Wilmington scored uh, in that game. So that's tough when you're giving up half of you know when your man is, is scoring half the threes and it's it's bad plays. You know I. I Again, I don't think everything's going full speed, but you know what? Uh, even if he's knocked up, he's, he's still got that vision and he's still got that passing ability, and, and he still can't win her. Like I, part of the thing with Cam is that our expectations are so high for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it's almost unfair at times. He was preseason player of the year. Our expectations are at that level. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to take away from him too much. I, I do think, um, you know, I was frustrated by by some of the play this weekend, but. Um, He's he's still one of the most gifted athletes to ever come through here, and and I want to make sure we remember that, especially as we talk about senior day. Yeah, no, believe me, I, I and, and he's a he's a he's a great player, but in a sense too, it's like again, I, I guess I think of guys that, I mean, I mean, he's on the women's side, Keishana Washington last weekend at Delaware. I mean, you're playing it, you know, for the first place in the league, and she goes off, and now it's you know, the, again, you're waiting for that signature game, and maybe that's next weekend. I want to say he scores nothing but garbage points, but like you said too, he what a double double yesterday. I think he had he what ten rebounds, I think. Um, but yeah. when do you do it? You know, are you doing it? You know, in the middle of the first half? You know, when it or are you doing it at, at the end? And it was nice to see him make a play at the end uh, to win the game. That's the bottom line. So, um, but I think Amari could have been more open at the end. I was surprised. I mean, Underwood had a great game, but he was wide open. <laughs> he, you know, he's six eleven or six ten. You can't miss him. He was wide open, and under, you know Underwood falls down, right? Because he was just out of, out of position, leaning the wrong way, and then he gets the dunk. Um, but yeah, that was quite an ending. Yeah. So maybe this is a good take. You guys wanted to talk about the seniors. We're kind of doing that now. So um, yeah, I'll let you guys kind of carry it. But I mean, you want to start with Cam and anything else? You know, you wanted to add specifically about him. No, I mean, I think when you look at Cam and JB, and I bucket them together, uh, because I think they're very similar players, both in, in, in kind of level of talent and what they've meant for the franchise. You look at when they came in, I mean, I want to, I, mean, I actually meant to do this exercise early, but I'll do it now. When they came in, when they were freshmen, um, which would have been, I guess, well, uh, 19, um, it was Troy Harper, Trevor John, and Alejandro Muir next to them. So it's a bit of a different, right? I mean, you think about the era, you know, the year before that was, was Tremaine Isabel and nobody. Um, and I, that's, a, that's, that's not fair to the other guys that were on that team, but Tremaine just, you know, like to make it about Tremaine. Um, but yeah, this is, um, these guys took this program from what it was, you know, that year, which was a 13 and 19 program, 251 in Ken Palm, or 151 in Ken Palm right now as we sit, I think. And uh um, it's largely on the backs of these two gentlemen and the coaching staff that have all been together and, and, and they've kind of built this thing out. And we talked a lot early on when Zach Spike got here about culture and everything else. And I thought these, these are the first two guys who really implemented the culture change that we were looking for. Um, and they've turned it into a winning culture and they've turned it into a, a, a culture of, of kind of, uh, we could talk about lack of fire at times, but they're disciplined and, and they're, um, you know, they're winners. Uh, they're, they're, they've just been a tremendous asset. They've, Played it the right way. They represented the university the right way. Uh, I think great credit to them. Uh, Coach in Washington was also in that class. We thought he was going to redshirt his freshman year, so that didn't. He ended up burning that redshirt when when there were a bunch of injuries. Um, so you know, this is um, this is he's a senior now. Um, my understanding, you know, I don't know that he's made a decision. Uh, let's let's not forget JP was a, a, uh, recognized at last year's senior night. So being recognized at senior night does not mean you're out the door. It means that you might be out the door. And and so you know maybe we're, we're you're thinking about it, put it that way. So with Train, I don't know for sure that you know he has eligibility. So does Cam. I don't expect Cam to come back. I think there's a professional career waiting for him. Um, but but Train, you know, I think that's a an interesting question for him. Um, Matei Yurik, I think just because of his off the field, um, who's also a member of that class. Uh, uh, you know, um, he, he's going to be a doctor. He's going to med school. I think that's going to be the priority for him. Did he get accepted? We were talking about. Did he get accepted somewhere, or what's the? Uh, he's already got a spot at a med school, or what's? Where is he at with that? Any idea? Eric shaking his head. Yeah, so I don't know which one, but they, I've heard two different places that that's what he's doing next year. So got it. Okay, I don't see him coming. Curious. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, and then and on Malik, obviously, 
he's the guy who's converted me on transfers. He's been a great asset to this program, and even he, he's he's run a little reckless at times. You know, he's had took some time getting into the system, but um, numbers don't lie, and his numbers are outstanding this year. I think he's been a plus defensive player as well. He's he's been a important to our rebounding when he's out there. Actually, you know, you almost hope for a little more, but he 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 did. He was I think our third leading rebounder probably, and and um, you didn't know what you were getting coming in, and. He's had an all CA caliber year, in my opinion. I, I really do. I think he's been a, a difference maker for this team. So, um, five guys who have really, really contributed. Like I said, most important culturally to this team, and taking it from where it was, which was kind of a mess, right? Tremaine Isabel, um, Kirk Lee, and 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 all the transfer city, and and, and this, that, and the other thing, and then and, and really, we've solidified the core. We've created something. We've we've had back to back, you know, respectable seasons. Uh, one of those, hence with the championship, which is a lot more than respectable. And one of those, you know, you're going to be uh, at least a team that people don't want to see in the tournament, um, even though I'm not as high in, on this squad going in as maybe you guys are. So you've you've really got to tip your hat to these guys. I, I, I appreciate all of them. Uh, I look forward to seeing them uh, take a, another run at it next week. Eric, Eric, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. No, I don't think I have everything to add there. It's just, you know, it was nice to see a bunch of steady guys – you know, keep it together, stay with the programs for so long. You know, every time I see uh, promotions on Twitter about Drexel, the men's team, there's some really good – you just feel that they're really happy to be at the school. They're treated well, and they keep, treat the program well. So, as you know, as much as we underrate that, we always look at W's and L's in the end. You know, you can't underestimate, you know, uh, the Drexel basketball experience. Yeah, and no, I think uh, – I, I, uh, uh, James Butler, going back to him, you know, and going through the the autograph line with the kids a couple weeks ago and having him sign photos I printed out. He was very like, wow, this is really neat. These are cool. You know, really great guy. I mean, we don't have any, inter- I don't have many interactions with these guys personally, but right, so I'll grade them on how they treat my kids and they're, you know, wonderful with the kids and it seems like a really, really genuine, hardworking guy. And, and just, you know, the other thing that tends to happen within our athletic department is like, if you say anything negative, it's like you almost, you get like shunned, you know, you wear, what's that? The scarlet letter, you get, you wear something around your neck that says you're a bad person. Um, so it's sort of like, about that, Nate. yeah, so sort of like the, the Penn state cult, like you said. Um, but I, I think anything I say here, I, I don't care. These are college kids. You know what I mean? So you can't get on them too much. Um, but anything I think I say or hopefully we say is because we see their potential and we want them to reach it. And like Danny, like you said, you know, I think, um, you know, Drexel basketball means different things for us. We all want to see it succeed. So that's where it all comes from. Um, but, you know, in Butler's case, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know what combination of, again, he's hurt or, again, somebody had the idea to turn him into this perimeter player because even – you know, before he got hurt, I'm thinking back to the St. Joe's game earlier in the year. Everybody was like talking on the broadcast. Oh boy, he's really worked on his perimeter shot this off season. And, you know, and he, he was knocking him down early on at times, but I'm with you, you know, and, and, and then I, I don't know, I haven't decided how high on this team is. I will say I'm not like down in the dumps. Like I was at, you know, what five o'clock yesterday afternoon. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of see, but you know, again, yeah, I, I He's a great rebounder. He broke, you know, again, over, you know, over a thousand rebounds in his career. Have him do what he's good at. You know, we got enough other guys that could shoot. So, um, so yeah, that's where that comes from. I, again, you just want to see the guy succeed and, um, and and just do what he does best. So that that's where that comes from. And and same with Cam. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with what he's done for us. And and like you said, taking us to a different level. And I, I was always the one saying. You know, Coach Spiker needed to prove he needed to bring in some better talent. And Cam Winter was the first guy that you're like, that's a player. That's a guy that we can actually do something with. So that certainly turned the corner. Um, you know, and Coltrane Washington, when I heard he went to, where did he go? Like Penn State Altoona or Penn State Johnstown, right? So he's he's a guy that I'd maybe see over at Messiah, you know, playing at whatever was that, Division Two, Division Three, or whatever. And to turn him into an effective defender and a, and a, and a three-point shooter, yeah, you, I was it. I think Wilmington, you heard him call out, shooter, shooter. You know what I mean? And it's like, so he's earned that reputation from other teams that you have to be careful with him. So, um, yeah, it's it's neat how he's progressed. Um, you know, and, and Malik, um, yeah, uh, you know, seems like a, a high motor, high character kid is my impression. 
excited to see what you can do next week. Yurich, I, I just, the other ass is, um, one, I didn't see him wearing his mask right at one of the games, so I get sensitive to that. If you want to be a, a med student, set the example. Um, so, but but now certainly good luck to him. And if you'd ever, anything asked too, not that I'm in that position, but if you'd ever need help or anything, I could help guide him in different directions. So, um, but now, yeah, good class. And I, 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 I'm curious too, I, I lose track of who's what class-wise, so who's actually going to even come back next year. I haven't even tried to figure out whose eligibility has what. So who knows? Maybe a couple of them will, will wind up back in a Drexel uniform next year. So, um, yeah, so. by my math, JB is eligible to come back for like his 18th year of college basketball. I don't foresee that <laughs> happening. Um, Cam is eligible to come back. Again, don't see that happening. Malik is out. Malik is actually done done. Hmm. He's played five full seasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, Yurik, like I said, he's probably not going to come back. He's eligible. And, and that, leaves, that leaves Train, which I think is the interesting one. And I'm glad you said that about Train, uh, uh, Nate. I don't know that any guard on this team in the last decade, two decades maybe, has evolved the way he has. You know, from a guy who should he be out there into a guy who's, who's I think, a legit starting guard on a, on a pretty good team. Um, you know, he's, he's become a, a pretty decent defender after really being a turnstile early in his career. <laughs> Um, and, and to you know, put that decent defense on one end with the shooting touch at the other end, he's he's shown an ability to go to the basket a little bit this year. So uh, I, I I love the work they've, that he's put in and they've done with him. And you know I'd love to see him come back again. We'll see. The one guy uh, who was listed as a senior who who wasn't on honored last night was Trey Brown. So it does look like you know um, you know transfers. Who knows? But it looks like we got another season of potentially of seeing him back. Yeah. Um, which again. Uh, You've got a, a freshman point guard coming in next year, but it'll be nice to kind of be able to pass off the torch and share some time and share some burden and have a fight for the job instead of just giving it to a freshman and be out of necessity. So um, some really good stuff there too. Yeah, so good group, and, and they'll be missed, but hey, maybe one of them will wind up back here next year anyway. So, um, all right, so any anything else about the men's team and maybe talk a bit about the women? Real quick, 4-5 uh, game, like I said, 2.30 on Sunday. Um, winner of that game gets the one seed, which is two as of yet undetermined, despite what you'll see from North Carolina Wilmington blanketing Twitter with championship notifications. They, they may be the two seed. Uh, I thought that was a little premature. Um, they, I have at least a piece of the regular season title, but uh, Towson's got to finish out that game with Delaware tomorrow. If Towson wins it, they're, they're your one seed and, and your regular season champion. Um, and, uh, you know, Delaware's up nine with 18 minutes to go in that game. This is just the weirdest thing ever. I think it's a six o'clock tip. So, you know, we'll be able to maybe see some of it. Uh, it'll be a short game, kind of fun one to watch. But it's it's a really interesting dynamic from Delaware, right? Because you get to choose your opponent a little bit here. They just dog it. They can make sure that they have UNCW in the second round. Or, sorry, Towson in the second round. If they, they really try to fight tooth and nail, they got a nine-point lead with 18 minutes to go. They can hold it off. You know, they have a chance to, to keep Towson out. But I would imagine since they're locked into the four-seed thereabouts or four-five game but that way, um, there's a lot less motivation for Delaware to go out there and really play their guys. I'd rather rest my guys if I was if I was them, and and you know let Towson celebrate in front of us, and then meet meet up with them in a couple you know in a couple games. But assuming they get best Drexel, you know, it, 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 obviously the implications there are the same implications for Drexel because this four five game will have the winner of the one. So um, I, I was sure for a long time we wanted UNCW over Towson because I think Towson's a terrible matchup for us over the years. We've had really struggle with that team. Um, now I have no idea because I don't know that we, I love UNCW either. I, at this point, you know, take whoever's on the schedule and beat them. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll decide if we have like a, you know, conference tournament preview. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I read a comment about, you know, going into last year, you know, we had, you know, more of a sample size of what we could do. But last year we had no clue what we were walking into in the tournament. That's how I felt anyway. It's like you're just all going down there and seeing what would happen. We had that James Madison game um, where, uh, like, um, I might. I... Nate, we just lost your, your – you're muted there. Um, it might be my TV. We're watching, what are they watching? Next Level Chef? I might Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um, but now, yeah, we, we didn't really uh, – what are they saying? You know, we, we didn't know what we were walking into last year down at the tournament. Um, so, you know, I guess this year, it, but we had that James Madison game. We were like, okay, you know, we, we put it together. We won a big game on the road you know, at the same building. So we're like, well, hey, maybe we could be optimistic. So I got a lot of things, 
amazing what changed in the last 10 minutes yesterday. So um, not that I'm saying again, I'm picking us as a favorite, but at least, you know, it's, 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 there's some optimism I feel like going into next week is how I feel. So um, yeah, I'll check out that. I didn't realize there was that much time left in that game. And it's amazing from a, I guess if Delaware is locked into the four, it doesn't really matter, but that's kind of bad luck for them. You know, like, cause they were playing better basketball back then I feel like, and now, you know, you kind of shift it how many weeks forward. And, um, but if they're already locked in, it doesn't make too much of a difference for them. So, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting how that turns out, but all right. A lot of upperclassmen, the Delaware team, tough one to play. We'll talk about that later this week, but it's, it's, it's a tough matchup, tough matchup, very similar teams to Drexel and Delaware, I think. Yeah. All right. So we'll, um, let's, let's touch on the women a bit. So, um, and just one game to talk about. I kind of felt bad that I, in a way, forgot about the um, the uh, James Madison game that they played last week. But um, but they would. This will take too long. The the only game they played. Uh, and again, Dan and I, you, you know, we were talking. We thought this weekend could be difficult. And certainly the Elon game could be tough today. But uh, Friday night uh, just pretty much blew the doors off of William and Mary. You know, they were without Wagner, who had a big game down there a few weeks ago. So that hurt them. But I mean, we came out of the gate. We shot 11 of 13 in the first quarter. We led 24-15. The second quarter, I felt like we kind of just kind of settled in. And, like, we saw more of Hannah Satman. And we was, like, Satman and Brewler on the court at the same time. It felt kind of like a defensive lineup that, you know, almost like Amy Mallon's like, all right, we got the lead. Let's just kind of protect it. Uh, But then we came out in the the third quarter and and put the pedal down again. We outscored them 20-8. to and showed that balance. Brugler at six, Washington at six, Ninehill at four. And then we were up largely just 27 points with a minute 13 left in the third quarter. So um, William and Mary made it look a little bit better for the newspapers. Uh, they made a little bit of a run, but uh, we were clearly the better team. Uh, Keyshawn Washington at 20 points. And as I said, I mean, uh, as good as she has been, I feel like there have been games where she hasn't really shot the ball well. But she was eight of thirteen on uh, on Friday night, very efficient, and um, I feel like she could even take her game up, sort of what we saw last Sunday. She's got another little notch that she could go up to, so that's scary for everybody else in the conference. Um, and again, I liked you know Amy Mallon showed a little bit of a little wrinkle. She we, we pressed them for most of the game, and we had he had a Satman played a lot more, and she was in the in the backcourt in the pressure. Her size makes a big difference. It's, it's rare for a Drexel team over the years to say, we can throw size at you and really cause you problems. And that's what we were able to do on Friday. So it's another little wrinkle that we're throwing in and curious to see what else maybe Amy Mallon has up her sleeve. But um, I don't know if you guys took, you know, got to see the game, but a, a just dominating win for the women's team again. Again. And yeah, I'm full believer. I, I, I'm scared of this game today. Uh, we're taping this on Sunday morning before they play Elon. It's for senior day. Um, but uh, you know, and I'm worried about this one too because it's a big emotional senior night for sure uh, uh, for this team. And Elon's a uh, quality opponent. They just lost to Delaware by four on the road on, on Friday. So this is a tough, another tough game, and you got two toughies on the road after this, so you're really going to take this one. Um, but every time I seem to say it's a tough game for these for these ladies, uh, man, do they answer, right? This is the sign of a legitimate team. Mm-hmm. They just they just step up and, and squash it. Um, any kind of – this was a trap game. This was this – was, absolutely a trappy trappy i've seen new england patriots lose trap games like i mean this was the setup for coming off of the biggest win of the year at at delaware you know put yourself in in the driver's seat for the one seed with a big emotional senior night in front of you on the other side like this was the letdown spot this is the william mary team that you weren't going to respect and um they respected they respected the game they respected each other they put the work in and they just handled them um so Awesome. They're checking all the boxes. Uh, they're checking every single box into a legitimate contender. Um, it's really hard to see them, um, you know, really anything other than the favorite right now and a heavy favorite. Yeah, I agree. Eli, I watched some of that game and yeah, they, Delaware had the lead, but they were definitely competitive down there throughout. So not an easy one today for sure. And again, another reason why I feel a little bit bad about going down there, but not going down there, I should say. Um, but we'll, we'll catch up. We're planning to go down to Towson next Saturday. So we'll see how things go there. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, um, not much else to say about that. Just a dominating win. So, um, okay. Um, can I run down this list real quick on the seniors? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Because wow. Uh, Keishana Washington senior 
Tessa Brugler, grad student. Hannah Nihill, fifth year uh, co-op student. K Kate Connolly, senior. Maura Hendrickson, senior. Mariah Leonard, grad student. For a team that's only played, you know, seven-ish people, that's, that's most of the team that we've had coming around. When we talk about Spiker having bruised guys and, and taking some time to kind of make it his own system, Amy Mellon's got her system for sure coming in next year. It's a little bit different when she was already the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a very, very different-looking team next year. Um, and, again, these, these ladies, championship game every single year they've been here. Just nothing but excellence um, for their entire careers here. A lot to be proud of. Uh, hopefully some numbers and rafters, to be honest with you, at some point. Um, and I'd love to see, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly inside track to have a second big banner up there. So just you can't say enough. I, I just just ecstatic about this group of people. Um, and it seems like there's, you know, by all tell, there's quality people as they are players. I mean, uh, we, we've taken this for granted. Um, how good Denise Dillon and now Amy Mallon have had that program. But when I saw that today, I, I didn't realize that. I, I really didn't hit my mind that they've been in the championship game every year. Obviously, you'd like to win, you know, but just getting there is, is half the battle and, and you get, put yourself in a in position to win it. And you go back further than that, I think it's like seven of the last ten years the Drexel women's team has been in the championship game. Like, it's a staggering number. Um, it's it's This season, this team hasn't just been, you know, upper half of the league. They've been one of the names. It's probably them and JMU over the last 10 years and, and maybe, you know, with some Delaware, some Elon sprinkled in. But it's 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 their um, – for a league that was Old Dominions, Old Dominion left, there was a bit of a vacuum, and it looks like Drexel's the one that's really taken that leap and, and put themselves in there. Obviously, they're going to have something to prove next year, but um, there's no reason to believe that they won't, right? I mean, this is – when you've been this excellent for this long, it's just something else, just a huge hat tip. And, again, um, I don't think we realize sometimes what we have here. You know, that I've been following this team for a long time, and even I'm blown away looking at some of these numbers. It's just deep runs in the in, in the in the championship every single year is not something you see in college basketball. Um, even the, you know, we talk about the great teams. We talk about the the Dukes and the these guys lose in the first round of the tournament sometimes. Like it's just the this is this is pretty pretty amazing what they're doing to their conference peers year in year out. It's it's I'm I'm blown away. Uh, I'll say I'm going to say this right now. I am looking more forward. For this than the men actually, because uh, I just think you know the Drexel has the ability to do some damage and can play competitively against the big teams that we've seen these ladies do in the last few years. Uh, congratulations to them. Uh, I see Keyshawn is now is now 29th in the nation in scoring, and Nihil is 42nd in assists. This is just a really impressive program. Do we know who may come back? I mean, because I, I am I'm nervous now because, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of like I, I don't know if we're putting all our eggs in one basket with this group, but I guess Keishana could come back, right? Probably Kate Connolly. And, um, and I guess, you know, going into last year when he heard Hannah was coming back, like, wow, like, I mean, the table is set. But, I mean, I, so I'm kind of curious who gets honored today because hopefully some of them don't because it, it means they'll, they'll come back. Um, do you know you have any sense of that? Have you heard anything? I haven't gone through them one by one. Um, it's something I can do, uh, and I probably should. But um, no, I, yeah. I, so I don't have that for you. Yeah, I mean, technically, Kishana has eligibility, um, and I'd imagine there'll be discussions with, with a lot of these folks. But um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, you know, they've got, they've got a good good recruiting class next year, and and some folks who are looking, have been waiting for their opportunity behind what has been one of the most talented classes we'll ever see. So you know, we'll let them give them some opportunities. Cause I have to tell you, I, you know, and um, you know, I, I guess the pandemic obviously sucked for a lot of reasons and we didn't leave in, live in New York city where it was really awful, but I know one of the, the, the things that really was most upsetting for me about that whole thing was that, that, that team not getting that chance, at least let's say from a sports perspective, you know, that team not getting a chance. I know the flyers were playing well at the time, but you know, whatever, right? You know, I didn't miss NBA basketball and baseball, whatever. But especially coming off that loss that they to Towson the year before, and then knowing Coach Dillon was going to leave, and it just for them to not get that chance to win as a one C was was that I really that, that was awful. And 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 again, in the grand scheme of the pandemic, maybe not the worst thing, but from a sports perspective, that that was that was really unfortunate. And then 
you know, and then for them to be able to come back and, and win last year, you know, it's just, it, it was just like a feel good story. You know what I mean? For them to, to get what they, what they earn and what they work for. So, um, you know, I, and, and you hope, you know, again, to, to be able to go back to back, um, would be, you know, again, it, they deserve it. Um, so yeah, it just, I, and, and well, and well, the other, what I was going to start to say the other part of why we made the trip down last weekend to Elon was we were planning to go. We had everything all lined up. I was going to go to the women's tournament down in Elon, you know, with us being the one seed. And I never forget, uh, we were on the floor, right? I mean, we were going to be the game at noon in a CA tournament down in Elon when I think it was when the refs tested positive. And then, you know, and that was one of the first game. And it's, and then I remember I was sitting at, at work. It was like, okay, it's noon. I'm going to go on. I'm going to uh, watch the game through lunchtime and then pick up where I left off. And then the feed didn't start. And I'm like, something's going on. And then it was like, you know, 10 after 12, I was on Twitter. Yeah. The game's canceled. The whole tournament's canceled. And through that afternoon, the ACC tournament, every other tournament got canceled. So we, we were kind of intertwined in that, in, in the sports story of the pandemic. Um, so it just, it was so unfortunate that they didn't get that opportunity, but again, glad to see that they got the win last year. And now hopefully they can get it this year. We'll see what happens. So, you, know, I, you know, I hate to think along these lines, but it, let's say for some reason Drexel doesn't win this tournament. Are they an at-large right now? They're not. They're not. They're not. No. Wow. Um, I think it's pretty clear there, you know, just the numbers don't, don't hold up, but you know, it's, it's funny with, with how good, you know, I mean, the record I think overall is, is something crazy. It's 22 and three. Um, obviously it'd be a four last team if they, if they don't get it, but um, yeah, it's, uh, they've got them 85 in the net rankings right now, which is pretty well, pretty far out of, I think you've got to be at least in the fifties and the forties to be even on the edge. Uh, RPI is 58. Um, so little, you know, a little bit better by that metric, but that's a, Pretty poor metric. We've all agreed over the years. So, um, yeah, the losses they took were bad. The out-of-conference schedule wasn't as, as good as we were hoping. Uh, a lot of discussion, I think, about Marist, who, was, you know, beat the ladies week one and then had a letdown game. But, yeah, it's tough. Nebraska's probably a top 25 team, and the other two losses were by a combined three points. And to say, <laughs> you know, that's doesn't make you worthy for the NCAA tournament. You're getting votes in the coaches' poll. I mean, it, it's they, – they're worthy. They're worthy. And if they – if let me tell you, I mean – the other flip side of that, if they go at JMU and at Towson and sweep, um, they'll probably be floating around the 60s of the net, you know. And then if you make a, if you beat somebody in the tournament and you lose in the championship game, you got at least there'll be a conversation. But you'd, you'd have to run the table of the championship game, I think, to even be on the edge of the conversation. And I don't, you know, listen, I'm a Drexel fan. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe in the selections committee when statistically, you know, that they don't look great to begin with. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably honor that conversation even though they should be uh in that mix um right now worry about today's game i guess but yeah um it's tough 20 22 and three uh, in, a, in a pretty good conference it, it's not as good rankings wise as you would hope but i think the level of play is pretty good so you know the eye test only applies when you're looking at syracuse let's be honest so uh, uh you know it's, it's just the way it is for for the mid-majors so it's funny you said I was watching them get destroyed by Duke, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh, they're almost 500, and they're only losing to Duke by 30, so they're they're in. They've done enough." Yes, that's what I was yes. thinking about last night watching the game. But that's I an Alan Boston stat. I think they sell more jerseys. Syracuse sells more jerseys than like any other school. Like that is, is their money maker for the NCAA. Um, but but and, and, and as far as the at large conversation, even Villanova, who it seems like beating UConn didn't really move the meter for for them as far as an at large team. I think I saw them show up somewhere on a play in game, but you know they're not locked up to to get in as an at large either out of the Big East. I think that conference only has like maybe one or two teams, including Creighton, who Villanova just beat a couple weeks ago. So I, that's probably where you know I, I brought up maybe talking to Mel Greenberg at some point because I'm learning the landscape of women's basketball. And even, you know, UConn losing, I think they're still ranked top 10. So I guess the theory, yeah, they're probably right. You know, they're going to get healthy and they're going to destroy everybody. But still, I mean, Villanova didn't seem to get much respect from beating UConn, honestly, on a national scale. So, so yeah, beating, uh, beating Elon today, unfortunately, may not help us out much. So, but, but yeah, um, so they're, and, and, and I said, they got to play last year. So I, you know, you, you feel like they got that reward, but now hopefully we went out, we get what we deserve and, and we make the tournament that way. We'll see you know, and you know, the, the teams that usually do well, mid-majors that do well in the tournament are usually teams with seniors on them. So really be incomplete. If you don't, if you see, if Drexel doesn't make it, you're going to say it's going to be a lot of what ifs. 
So I think if they yeah. get in, they're going to play really well in that first game. Yeah, the only reason we lost that game to Georgia last year, they had this big girl who just stood at the top of the key and just could shoot over us. Now you throw it. She was big and slow. So we put Brugler out on her, forget about it. She's done. We'll win. Um, so and I, I I agree with you. We get in, we can make some noise. So, But, again, that seems like that's not going to really do anything for anybody. So, 100%. 100%. I think this is a team that, again, I thought that Delaware game, they just played at an NCAA tournament level. I, I do. I think uh, this is a team that can make noise in the tournament for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like that it's a technicality because everybody's about going to the dance, right? It's the players, for the players, I want them to experience that. They got through last year, obviously. It would have been great if they did two years ago. They were technically the CAA champions two years ago by being the one seed. So they were going for a three-peat. We're going for a three-peat this year. Is is, is It should be the storyline. And that's what really I hope Drexel runs with that because that's it's kind of a big deal in sports when you get the three-peat. And, and I'll close on this. He said that he hope we run with that. Well, we won't because that's good marketing. And I, I would buy the T-shirt. Um, I, I own a Brianna Hurley-He Villanova shirt. So with the NIL, all that stuff, you could buy like player T-shirts. And I, was, I don't I don't need to have a Colin Gillespie shirt, but I, I bought a Hurley-He T-shirt. So, but I would be the first in line to buy. I'd buy both, Hannah Nihill and Keyshawna Washington. Let's put it that way. And put money in somebody's pocket, but. Again, we, we have one one stand and uh, you know a couple different T-shirts. That's pretty much all we get. I'm a merchandise guy, so um, that's the only thing I spend money on. So, um, but yeah, that, I and Rafters hanging. I, that's a discussion I have too. I totally think you know Hannah Nihill and then Keyshawn Washington are going to be in that discussion, but that's for another topic. So you save a second banner. I think they have to be. Uh-oh. Yeah, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. All right, big big week in front of us. Big, we'll get set for the tournament, and uh, and then we get we'll figure out a plan for the tourney. It sounds like you guys are going down, so uh, I won't be able to. But um, I'm uh, wishing wishing great things for that trip. That's uh, true story. When I married my wife, you know, I I said I'm yours for 362 days a year. But you know, I got that weekend. (laughs) I got that weekend where I was going. So I'm not going to get it this year, but. Um, we're all we're all in agreement that uh, we can't wait for it to come back, and, and maybe she just wants to get rid of me. But it, uh, I can't wait for for next year and, and being down with everybody. So can you make the uh, final if we make it? Could you be able to get down there? Or are you still just, just kind of? I stable? probably I probably won't be. I probably won't be. Yeah. Okay. I'll see if I can talk you into it. We'll see. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. All right. Nice talking, everybody. All right. Have a good have a good day. <laughs>